Robots Got Todd, February 12, 2019. Todd's mocking me for some reason, I do not know why. Because I'm wearing a cool hat. In a verbally slapped shirt. Yeah, Todd mentioned it was cold <laughs> in his house, in Studio B, and so he walks away from the uh, the monitor here for a minute or two and comes back the, wearing a... The live recording. What is clearly a female purple hat, why stocking cap. clearly female? That I shit's clearly... That. No, you couldn't, and you're not. <laughs> I'll that wear this clearly... tomorrow. Go ahead. Don't dare me. <laughs> Go right ahead. Impress your coworker. Impress your friends. Um, anyway, so yeah, looking like a doofus over there in Studio B. But anyway, bro pod back after a week off. How was your week off from doing feels the pod? like we've been like... I haven't podcasted in like a month. I'm feeling rusty. <laughs> As have you ever been rust? Usually... <laughs> have you ever been rust free? I'm not sure that you have. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a it's a perma rust situation happening for you. But fair enough. Yeah, it has been. Uh, we took last week off. I was out of town. I was in Vegas. We'll talk about that momentarily. I will be posting tonight. Actually, Zing. the what's that? Nothing. Go ahead. Um, I will be posting the uh, archive episode, which I wanted it to be the one with Ricky, but um, that's going to take about five hours of work. Why? Because I don't know why we thought this was a good idea. Probably you thought it was a good idea and didn't ask me about it and just went with it. So here's what it sounds like. We Again, pulling back the curtain of the bro pod of Scott and Todd here. Here's how we record things. I record my the way we're doing it right now. I record my part. Todd records record his part. I record my part. In Studio B, Todd sends it to me and I do all of the work to combine the two audio files and turn it into the beautiful podcast that you hear. All the work. You've just fucking slammed them together. It's not that much work. Yeah, but then I actually listen to them and write up the uh, description with time codes. Okay, that, that is and work, yes. And do all of the hashtagging, which I'm going to stop doing because that's just a pain in the ass. So anyway, no, you should, continue, you should keep up the hashtagging. Okay. In any event, so I go Send to put up... Send money if you want Scott to do hashtagging. Yeah, go to our oh. Patreon page, which I assume still exists. It exists. There's just... No options to... Or buy one of our many products that will be available in two days on Valentine's Day. More on that later in the show. That's a tease. They are... They will be available. Okay. I can't wait. (laughs) The clock... The clock she is ticking. Yeah, I saw saw one sketch. Anyway, so the point is I go to put together what was, in the part I listened to, a classic episode (laughs) with Todd and Ricky in Studio B and me in Studio A. And the, tie, and the reason Ricky was in town from Portland is because they had gone to the NFC Championship game. This was last year where the Eagles played the Vikings. Not, and, not this previous, this season. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, last year, season. A year prior. 2018. Anyway. Yeah, 2017. Well, it was 2018 when the game was played, is what I'm saying. It was January of 2018. It was a year ago. Was it January? Yes, it was January. The playoffs are always in January? Whatever. doesn't matter. Holy shit. We move forward. So I go to piece it together, and I realize that the way you recorded it is that you just had one mic, clearly, that you and Ricky were kind of sharing. But then you also had my audio coming through like a speaker. So every time I say something, there's a three-quarters of a second delay, and I hear that on your audio. And so you mix it together. It's like I'm saying everything twice, and then you guys are responding. It's miserable. Could so you not just th- play your audio? I thought we could just use our feed as the whole thing. Is it too crappy? I think we were hoping for that, but my my audio is not. You you can't even understand it in some parts. Can you not 
minutes just move yours up three seconds or whatever? No. Because it what doesn't. It, Why not? It doesn't sync up. Just trust me. Why not? Why not? Just trust me. It no, I don't work. want to trust you on this. <laughs> why does it? Why can you not? You know what? I tell you what. I tell you what we're gonna do. <laughs> I will send you my file, and you can try to splice it together and see if you can do it by moving it up three seconds. Uh, the answer is because it would sound. It would sound terrible. It would sound like we're talking on top of each other. I understand what you're saying. But it just wouldn't work. You just have to trust me on this. All right. I believe you. Okay. So what I'm going to do at some point in the future Mm -hmm. is go through and mute all the parts where you can hear me in the background and then mix them together. Hopefully they'll – I don't remember, but hopefully there will be long stretches where Ricky is just waxing poetic about something while clinking (laughs) the ice in his drink. (laughs) I think he's just ranting about how fucking asshole-ish the Philly (laughs) – he Did was not in a good mood. Thing? I, I've listened to it before, and I listened to some of it when I was trying when to put you it needed, together. Needed to cheer up. You just listened to Ricky pissed oh, off. Oh man, he is. Yeah, he was a curmudgeon that particular evening. So, anyway, so that is not what was uploaded. The archive episode is from the the week after that. Or I guess it was two weeks later because it was after the Super Bowl. We were talking about the Super Bowl and things of that sort. So, anyway, that will go up tonight. So look forward to that. That's gonna. That's a. That was a pretty solid episode. I listened to it earlier today. Um, so that's, That one has not been released prior to this? That has not been released, although by the time right. anyone hears what we're talking about... It been released. It done been released five, six days prior. Gotcha. Um, so, so, <clears throat> Excuse me. Indeed. So let's talk about the week off. Again, you did nothing other than yearn for the, the podcasting itch to be scratched. Scratched to be itch. Last itch week? Uh, yeah, I don't think I really did anything. Yeah, that's not surprising. Went to bed at a reasonable hour every night, except that there was a Blazers game, I would presume. Um, yeah. Fair enough. They, actually, last week was interesting. They they had, like, five days off and then, like, six days off. It was a weird, like, long stretch. Like, they had two Wait, really long again? breaks. Last week they had five days off and six days off? What kind of weeks are you working with here? It, well, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Before, the like, they had two <laughs> big long stretch. Normally it's, like... with a- Two days a day or, two. or a day yeah, between yeah, yeah. games. This was like three to four stacked up. Twice. I got you. So they had like three days off game, then like another three or four. Right. Like it, they played on like I think a Saturday and then a Wednesday and then a Sunday or something crazy hmm. like that. Like a big break for NBA. And then now they they just played a back to back last night the second of a back-to-back, and then they have a game tomorrow, and then that's their last game before the All-Star break. Yeah, national TV game tomorrow. That's exciting. Playing the Warriors. That'll be a, that'll be a big one. Big fun. Um, yeah, I've been playing kind of crap-tastic recently, so... Yeah, your team and mine both. So, uh, we can do some sibling dribblings in a, in a, in a, in a hot minute here. Go ahead. In a hot minute, we'll do that. But I was, I was just looking at your team score from tonight. Yeah, we got beat by the Hawks. Yes, you did. LeBron had a mess around and got a triple double, but to no avail. Imagine that, LeBron <laughs> getting LeBron's dad not letting the uh, the team win as a result. So that's how that happens. Uh, I don't think it was his fault. He's probably trying to help the team win. To be honest, you got a hot collection of garbage there to play with them. That may be true. Um, so, uh, recapping though, last week again, again last week I was in Vegas. I flew into Vegas Monday night. I flew home Saturday night. I was there working basically Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Worked remotely Friday, 
a little bit and then uh, spent Saturday just gambling before I had to fly home. Um, Vegas, for the first time in my life, was like straight up cold. Super windy. The highs. The uh, first... Yeah, it can get chilly there in the wintertime. But I, I've, I've, the past three years, maybe even four years, I've been there in February. It was not this cold. So I was very confused. Um, but it actually had the, the Monday, the day I flew in before I got there, there was actually ice. There was like a hmm. little ice storm, which is very unusual. Obviously, anything super cold is unusual in the desert. But uh, I think the one time interrupt you for a second. Yes. I went to Vegas. It was pretty chilly. Yeah. I don't remember what time of the year it was when I was there. Because it was like July, probably close to twenty years ago. But oh well, uh, ish So sixteen years ago, closer to fifteen, probably yeah, it's close it's to twenty years. Uh, so yeah, so I um, what was I saying? Oh, super cold and super windy. First two days. I mean, I'm not yeah, kidding. Yeah, it was like, windy when I was there. That was the chilly part. 20 mile an hour winds and yeah it was sunny but when it's like 40 and windy it's cold like it straight up chilled me to the bone so <laughs> but thankfully thankfully in Vegas as as most people know and I assume you know this as well even though you don't go there anywhere near as often as I do there's there's a lot of different ways it's to get places inside. by staying inside yeah so I I didn't avoid the outside altogether but I was inside as often as possible in fact the longest stretch I had to walk and I had to walk it a couple of times, was I had to walk in front of Bellagio, in front of the fountains. And um, that's kind of a wide open space. And that was where the, the chill really, really hit me. Got down to the bone, as they say. So, um, But other than that, you know, I had a good time. Had some nice meals. They were all free because I was there for work, obviously. And um, so did you win? I did not win. I left some money there. But literally the last some, hand. Some money or a lot of money? <laughs> I mean, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um, the last hand that I played, I won like nine hundred dollars. So that was that was a very good way to end the trip. I literally had just kind of put all my money out there in this game I was playing, and I was like, eh, if it hits, it hits, and it hit. So I got lucky. Um, that really helped ease the pain because I was in quite deep at that point. But that helped bring me back a little bit. Um, nine hundred plus nine hundred brought you back a little bit, so you lost quite right. a bit. I mean, again, it's all... Did you relative. have a good time? Was it worth it? I did have a good time. It's always worth it. Even when I lose, I have fun. I enjoy myself. I played one poker tournament, and I cashed. I got fourth place out of about 32 players. I felt pretty good about that. What's uh, the earnings at fourth place in this tournament? Well, it was a $100 buy-in. It was a bounty tournament, which means if you knock a player out, you get $25. Just cash right there. I mean, chips, but cash, essentially. Um but so you I, have like in the hand if you knock somebody out you get a yes, buck. Not you, like if you if you came in fourth out of twenty five you get twenty one hundred dollars. Definitely not twenty one hundred dollars. <laughs> no. Hundred dollar buy in. I think fourth place was like two hundred and sixty bucks. Oh. Plus plus I had two bounties. So yeah, I know it. It doesn't seem like a huge prize, but. There were only 30 people, so I mean, the, or 32, whatever it was. So the whole prize pool was about three grand. And then they take out 25% of that for the bounties, and they take out another 10% for the for house casino. so they yeah. can make some money. So it whittles down the prize pool pretty quickly. But um, but that was fun playing so that. So the tournament. winner only gets like a thousand bucks or something? I think the winning, I think the top 
top cash was like seven twenty for first. Second wow, was like so not even a thousand bucks. At least you didn't have to pay taxes on it. Oh no, God no. Even if I'd won first, I wouldn't pay taxes. Over six hundred, don't you have to pay taxes? Yeah, that's what they say, but you know Uncle Sam's looking the other way, everybody wins. Um so that was fun. And we did not, uh, not endorse the No, no, no. Gambling earnings on of the Of course not. Pod. And my social security number will remain a secret. I will not be divulging that secret. here on the podcast. How you doing there? You got a little sniffles? You sick? Uh, apparently. No. No. Just, my, just cold? I think this hat's making my eyes water. You're definitely... You look like there's some allergy situations happening over there. No. No allergies. I don't have allergies that I know of. You sure you're not allergic to gay purple hats? Hey, we don't we don't talk that way on the bro pod. <laughs> G-H-E-Y. It's the new thing. Anyway. Right, anyway. Um, so that was my week. Uh... And got back here to Denver, and it was nice and chilly here as well. It's been uh, extra cold. It was extra cold Monday and Tuesday. It's going to warm up a little towards Yeah, what is this 40 degrees is cold shit? You're Cold for Vegas. Not cold, cold. Cold for Vegas. I wasn't expecting that in Las Vegas. Because you weren't dressed for success. I was dressed for success, as a matter of fact. I had the sports coat on. But I mean, you weren't dressed for 40 degree weather. Success in cold weather. Like 60 degree weather or something. Uh, Yeah, fair enough. Fair point. Um, in Denver, you're dressed for negative 20 or whatever. In Denver, I'm always ready for the polar vortex to rear its ugly head, as it has been known to do. Although you guys have been getting hit with that more than we have. So, um, in any event, so that was my last uh, last week. But now I'm back, back in the saddle, back to normal, back, baby, doing the normal thing. Um, so the big event that happened moments before, or at least a day before, I actually flew out to Vegas was the Super Bowl. I contend, and I've talked to several people that agree with me, that in my <laughs> lifetime, this was uh-huh. the worst Super Bowl ever. It was the least entertaining, most I-don't-give-a-shit Super Bowl. Not in Bowl. your lifetime, but yes, in the past 20 years, probably. Okay, not maybe not my lifetime, but of the ones that I watched. So, negate the first 10 years, but we'll call I feel it like since... like there were some shitty ones in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like the, during the Cowboys reign? Is that what you're talking about? I don't remember. I just feel like there was a long time. Like, I feel like it's been good for like the past five or ten years. Like, okay. the games have been good. But before that, I feel like there was like a string of like five to ten where it just like either was a blowout or just the game sucked. Okay, but fair enough. And I, I factored that in. But I, in my, in my personal opinion, a blowout is more interesting than the game that we got this year. It was. I mean, I know the final was thirteen to three. It was essentially ten to three. Like there was, it was three nothing at half. There was no scoring. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even like it was amazing defense. No. Nah, it was, or, just, it like, was just eh. anemic offense and sufficient defense. It was terrible. Yeah, agreed. It really was a terrible game. And then to top it all off, and I don't know if you agree with this, and this has been true for several years. It's been on a downward trend. I thought the commercials weren't that great either. In fact, there was one commercial. Did you? Did, first of all, did you watch before we go deep into this? I did watch the game. Um, okay. I didn't. I was basically watching most of it on my phone because the fucking East Coast it starts at like six o'clock at night. So I was putting the kids to bed for like the first quarter slash half. Like okay. we were eating dinner. Like we didn't have a Super Bowl party or anything, so it was hard to like 
watch the game. Like I wasn't just like, solely focused in on front it. of the TV watching the game. I was, I had the game on and I was watching it you as were best I could. But I yeah, I was doing other shit that I had to yeah. do. Yeah. Because it's Sunday night, like I have to work the next day. It sucks on the East Coast that sports suck in general time wise, <laughs> but yeah. the yeah. Super Bowl is the fucking worst because it starts so goddamn late. Like it's like Monday night football or Sunday night football. Oh it's yeah, closer, it's closer that... to Sunday night football. It just starts too late. Yeah, yeah. Sunday night football starts I think eight thirty, eight forty-five for you guys during the season. Unless you're yeah. a fan of the team, there's you're like fuck that. Fat chance that you're staying Not up staying that late until one to watch two random NFC. Right. South teams battle right, right, right. the middle of November or something. So there was one commercial that stood out to me, but as an indication of how much the product itself did not stand out to me, I can't remember what the company was. So <laughs> you probably, I'm pretty sure this was during the first quarter, but um, I feel like it was like an app similar to, I think you use, don't you use Mint, the app? It's like a financial app. Uh, I have used it. I I don't think we really use it that much anymore. Okay. Well, there, I I feel like it it was that sort of a product that was advertised, but the gist of it was they were talking about how there had been bad marketing campaigns in the past, and they were like, like the idea of chunky milk. And then they went to this scene of like this family sitting down to eat breakfast, and they were pouring out chunky milk. And the mom was like, ooh, look, extra chunks, and like pouring it into her mouth. Like it was... (laughs) It was very memorable for that reason, but it didn't, you know, it's just one of those things that was just funny, but it didn't yeah, associate yeah. to the product. Like so a, I don't. A Geico commercial without the Geico tagline. Right. Exactly. So I don't remember. And it was, it was a company I'd never heard of until that point in time. So I do not, I no longer recall what it was, which is unfortunate because I thought that was the best commercial. Otherwise, there was maybe one or two other. There was a commercial with uh, Harrison Ford. Where his dog was ordering yeah. dog food. So I like, did see that one, um, and the uh, it's funny because this woman, the day after at work in a meeting or later that week, yeah. was like, "Oh, I love that Amazon Alexa commercial," and I was like, "That commercial was fucking terrible. I thought yeah. that one sucked. Like, I didn't think that was funny. Were you just gonna say that you liked it or something?" I thought it was memorable. Like, because it had the star power of Harrison Ford, and it showed him, like, in his house with a dog barking to order dog food. But was it funny? I don't know. It didn't strike me as funny. So the commercial, the Chunky Milk commercial, was for Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. There you go. So it was a a telephone. It was a telephone company. There you go. Unclear what Mint Mobile is. I guess that's why I associate it with Mint the app. Now that yeah, I stop and think probably. about that for two seconds, <laughs> because it actually is the same. Apparently, people were not a fan of the chunky milk thing. They thought it was gross. I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you're looking it up right now. You should you should watch it real quick. It's it's pretty funny. I mean, I know you could easily get skeezed out by things, so you probably actually shouldn't watch yeah, it. I'll leave it alone. Yeah, I'll watch it enough. later. Um, but again, I I mean, I know it's been ten days now, so if, if we'd had the pod the next day or the day after, I'd probably have more recollection of these. But Yeah, yeah, totally. None of them... Uh, I feel like there was there was that, there's the Alexa one, there's maybe one or two others that I even remembered, or that stood out at all. Yeah, I don't remember but the commercial. Again, I think, I think back 15, 10, 15, 20 years, that's all I remembered, was the commercials. Like, I mean, as annoying as they were, like the Budweiser Frogs, or... 
Um, a lot of those Geico ads started uh, at uh, uh, during the Super Bowl. All the PetSmart commercials when they first came out in the early two thousands, like that was well, that was as big an event as Smart the Super Bowl. One? I don't remember. Oh, there's the it sock had the little puppet. sock puppet. Yeah, it had yeah, a little yeah. sock puppet. Didn't Michael Ian Black do this? Yes. Yes. Anyway, correct. He's hilarious. But um, I think that uh, yeah, I think sort of like turn of the century, the commercials. There was less expectation then. There became like a huge expectation for them, and people were like, "Oh, I only watched the Super Bowl for the commercials." And then like people were trying right. too hard. I think we're sort of on the tail end of that. It's possible. It's, like commercials in general are harder to like get a huge audience. Obviously, the Super Bowl is the biggest, probably captive audience because yeah. you have to watch it live because everybody's gonna be talking about it the next day. All that stuff, blah blah blah. Um, but Let's yeah, see. I don't know. Yeah. There's there needs to be like with all the sort of viral video content it's just hard to like do it on demand like that because there's so many other things you can see like pre-youtube and all that stuff it was easier to like have something that sat around like for me and i know this is super old man thing like the what's up commercials are sort of like the pinnacle of like pre-youtube commercial i know a lot of stuff's on youtube now but like I remember being at Jeff Kugel's wedding, like the grooms, like we had a breakfast before the wedding with uh, Ethan, right. his brother-in-law, and they, sure. everybody was doing the What's Up commercial <laughs> at this breakfast, just because they're like, Ethan, uh, my friend Jeff's brother Ethan played, he was a long snapper for a bunch of teams in the NFL, and he thought that yeah. commercial was hilarious, because it is hilarious. Um, yes. But that sort of was, like the, pin- <laughs> was the pinnacle of like all that kind of like, uh, just so, some of the humor. Like, it's, like if you think about it, the, the premise of that commercial is just dumb, but... Yes. The, but unbelievable the variations I mean, on it and wasabi and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, I mean we're we're here twenty years later talking about it. Like that's yeah. that's how impactful gonna, it was. I don't think we're going to be talking about the chunky milk or the Amazon Alexa commercial. No, we definitely won't. We won't be talking about any of them. <laughs> yeah. None of the commercials have that sort I mean, of an impact. And those those commercials too, like they probably debuted at the Super Bowl and then had like basically sequels that lived a little longer. But they were hundred percent. Like I think now. I guess it's Bud Light's trying to do that with the Dilly Dilly, and I know that's really popular with Eagles games for some reason. I'm not sure why. Because um, Eagles fans are all drunk assholes. <laughs> but I don't know about the asshole part. But mm, okay. um, definitely drunk. The like I right, think Ricky. The Dilly yeah. the Dilly Dilly thing feels like they're trying to sort of recreate that, but it's just not as like fun to do for me. I agree. And now that you mentioned that, there was one other one that was a tie-in. It started out with a Bud Light commercial and became a Game of Thrones commercial. That one was actually pretty cool. Um, and if you're a fan remember. of Game of Thrones and watched Game of Thrones, you you got all the references of what was happening in that commercial. And it literally started out as a Bud Light commercial, and then by the end it was like Game of Thrones, you know, returns July 2019 or whatever it was. Um, that one was, was, was pretty cool, just the way it worked out. But, um, you know, you talked about the... the the Waza commercials and how they had sequels and almost the consistency that made it stick in people's heads. Just sticking with the advertising theme, not that I want to get away from the Super Bowl conversation, but or the Super Bowl commercial conversation, but the fact that Geico now has this gigantic cache of great Geico commercials, which I'm pretty sure were put together by at least two different ad agencies kind of competing. Um, both the Caveman one or the Cavemen series 
and all these other ones that Geico put together, and now they have like a best of. I think that's oh, yeah, brilliant. They're showing, the, the, they're showing them all over again, the and I love it. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a best of, and I I I'm watching them. I'm like, I remember that one. I remember loving this commercial when it first came out, and now I'm sitting here watching it again. Kind of, you know, reliving it for the first, reliving it again for the first time, sort of thing. Um, and like the, like there's the, I, I saw it twice this morning. I actually, rewound it this morning when I was eating my breakfast to watch it again. <laughs> there's the one where the caveman is in the airport and he's on the moving sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. And there's that addictive little low beat little song playing in the background, <laughs> and he goes by the sign that says "So easy a caveman could do it," and he's like all offended. It's just, it's so subtle. There's no words in the commercial is, at all. Isn't Nick Kroll the caveman? I don't know if he was. I don't think so. I think I he look is. That up, but... I'm gonna look it First up. First of all, a lot of those commercials had multiple cavemen. I think there was kind of one lead one. I think one, the main no. caveman is... I don't know if it was Nick Kroll. But anyway, I literally watched it, laughed, rewound it this morning because it was just watching live TV and it was, you know, DVR is always recording and watch it again just because it's, it's such a classic little commercial. But anyway, the, the, the interesting thing about this year... And the Super Bowl, as terrible as the game was, I was watching it on tape delay because I went out for a, a long run after the game had started because I just didn't care. And I came back and I got lucky because I was like, well, I'm going to fast forward through the game and just watch the commercials. And I fast forwarded through the first quarter and it was, I think it was 0-0. And then I started going through the second quarter. I was like, is am I missing something here? Like, is, is my DVR messed up? Did they actually score and... I didn't know it, and then I got all the way to halftime, and sure enough, it was 3 nothing. And then I got to the halftime show, which I could have given two shits about as well. I probably listened to 30 seconds of Maroon 5 and that other idiotically dressed rapper. I don't even know who it was. Looked like an idiot. Um, and then somebody else came out. I don't know. I heard a lot of jeers. Get off my line. My lawn. Exactly. There's my lawn, some... yeah. My line. Uh, John Lair was the most... Uh, okay. Active caveman. I've no, so I again, don't know. Not Nick Kroll, as I suspected. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was just, and I, again, I, I read a lot of stories the day after about how bad the, the Maroon Five performance was, and how it was basically one big commercial for a shirtless Adam Levine, and like the even the songs weren't that great, like they weren't well produced. Yeah, and I everyone... think most people were excited. Oh, Travis Scott was the uh, the rapper that you did not dress like a motherfucking buffoon. He right, looked like Big an Bo- idiot. Big Boy was good, though. Okay, fair enough. I didn't even see Big Boy. I didn't get that far. After Travis Scott came out, I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I quit. Surrender. Um, but yeah, the you know, everybody was pointing back to four or five years ago, whenever it was, like Prince performed, and, and I assume that was in Minnesota, and how that was, you know, one of the most epic performances of all time. And I'm not a Prince fan, but I get it. It probably was. I'm sure it was better than the crap that Maroon 5 put out there. <laughs> It's just it shows. I don't know. I don't know who's making these decisions. I assume it's NBC or CBS, whoever it is that produced that. But yeah, it's like, I mean, when you have like seventy-year-old dudes, they're like, "Ah, eh, my granddaughter likes from Maroon 5. That's who right. we'll have. They have to. I know a lot of people were upset pre-Super Bowl because they're like, "You're in Atlanta. It's basically like yeah. Luda. Home, Get Luda. The home, the home of hip hop. Why are we not having like?" some of the, like the southern rappers perform yeah. why the fuck are we having uh, Adam Levine shirtless strip teasing the, the crowd right um, yeah I, I I didn't watch the whole thing I sort of watched it 
again, mostly with the sound off, but I heard like, I think some of the singing was not particularly on key. I mean, the, that band, whatever, they're good at making pop hits, but I, right. it's probably, I assume it's hard to like stay in key when people are screaming and there's like fireworks going off and explosions and shit. I mean, maybe, but a band like that, he's played stadium shows before. True. He's had he pyrotechnics. Should, he should be like, able to do on. that. <laughs> and they have enough stuff jammed in their ears like we both do, or like I do right now. It's like, that's not an excuse. I don't see that as an acceptable excuse. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying they... It seems like something they could have overcome. The... I agree. The missteps in their performance, but whatever. And the thought that I had, I'm throwing it out there. If anyone ever does this, I want full credit. Throw it. I'm saying it now. February 12th, 2019 on the Bro Pie with Scott and Todd. Why does it have to be music? Get, a, get like, Kevin Hart you, you to want, perform or you something. magic? Oh, my God. Like, Kevin, Kevin Hart. I'm not a Kevin Hart fan, but fucking 80,000 people in that stadium would love to see <laughs> Kevin Hart go out there and... <laughs> Just do a little stand-up. Just do 20 minutes of stand-up. Why not? Football. It's just a performance. Concussions. Man, exactly. Hang on, keep going. This is a great Kevin Hart person. I, I don't know Kevin Hart. I only, I only mainly know him from his uh, role as the uh, bunny in uh, Secret Life of Life of Pets, which is a movie my kids watch. He plays sort of a psychotic bunny. I, d- I don't know his work much beyond that, to be honest with you. I know he plays that a lot it? of like buddies, and he's four feet tall. Yes, that's odd couple movies but he's built a career worth a hundred million dollars on exactly what you just described that is true i've seen secret life of pets i did not realize he was that character but now that you say that i i recall <laughs> that's a good flick good movie um yeah that's good anyway so I, I don't know the whole thing was a shit show and then obviously third quarter started and i think eventually they scored in the fourth quarter but it was just like is this yeah, ever there's only hit? one touchdown in the whole game yeah, right in the whole game yeah Ooh, super exciting it was towards the end of the fourth, and it was like they were slowly working their way down the field, the Patriots, that, that is. And then they had that one, like, 30-yard pass to Gronk that got him to the two, and I was like, well, that's it. That's the ball game. Clearly, Jared Goff can't do jack shit to get him past 100%. their own 50, you know, so yeah, this is... Gronk caught... I mean, that was a pretty awesome catch. It was a great catch, but it's just, I don't know, it's so annoying, and it's so dumb that the Patriots keep winning. It's like, I don't even care, but it's like, <laughs> come on, just stop it. Stop it Yeah, already. I... It, I mean, it would be interesting, like, it's, like, in the NBA, you have the Warriors, and everyone, like, wants to root against them, unless you're a Warriors fan, I'll say a bandwagon fan, but, um, right. the Patriots, yeah. I feel like everybody roots against them, but they're also like, ah, fuck, they're gonna win again. Like, there's not, people are just sort of resigned to the fact that they're gonna be in the yeah. Super Bowl, they're gonna know. win five out of seven times. Or whatever. It's like the only it's like the only major sport nowadays with parody is baseball, and I'm saying that knowing the Red Sox won the World Series this year and they've won like five since 2004. Well, interestingly, I feel like football in general has pretty good parody. Like the I know the Patriots feel like they're there every year, but like right. it doesn't feel like they're playing the same team or even the same team. I mean that's teams. true. There's Hawks, some, Eagles, I'd, Rams. I'd say yeah. that I'd say the football is actually pretty good with parody because people get hurt so frequently and like sure keep no players. i think his, historically without a question they're in terms of the major sports they are the ones with the most parody. I mean, if you look back again we'll, we'll look since 2000s and in, in the in the brady era yes they've been there 
10 times or whatever it is. So the AFC is kind of been owned by them. But like you said, the NFC is definitely all over the place. And you compare that to sports like like the NBA where, you know, there was kind of the mini dynasty with with the Lakers twice since 2000. There's the mini dynasty with the Heat. What there was team? the mini I've dynasty never, now. I've never heard of that first team. With the Warriors. Um, and then you're just being a dumbass. And then you have um, – <laughs> And, and baseball, you know, obviously the Yankees have been there since the 20s, but um, they've had their little run. The Red Sox have their little run. The, the Giants have their little run. Um, but I think there's decent parity there. But but again, you're right. Probably the NFL is the best of those teams. I don't even know enough to talk about the NHL. So if anyone's... Yeah, nobody cares about hockey, but... Wants to um, chime in, they can send us the, an email, uh, but, Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, even if you look at the Patriots, like... I know you got Tom Brady and Gronk, but like a lot of their like skill players have swapped out. Like Brandon Cooks yeah. was on the Rams; he used to play for the the Patriots. Like you right. know what I mean? Like that that it that team has been there, but it's mostly Belichick and Brady. I guess Gronk to a certain extent, but like that's been sort of the backbone of that team. That's the core. Yeah. So even, yeah, they mix and match even all though the, other parts. the team keeps coming up, that. Partly, it's because they do a good job of like elevate. They're sort of Spursian, and they bring in sort of castoffs and make them better than they're expected to be, kind of thing. I don't want to like congratulate the Patriots. Fuck them. But did you just turn the San Antonio Spurs into an adverb? Is that what you were doing there? Eh, I don't know. Maybe. Or an adjective? Spursian. Spursian. You I haven't just, heard that. Before? I just want to make sure everyone knew what the fuck you were talking about because yes. don't don't just skip past that. Like oh, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Well, talking if, about the San Antonio if you Spurs. are a fan of sibling dribblings, which we most people are, um, which no one is, but yes, <laughs> then you would understand Spursian as a an adjective. But um, oh my god, there's something I was gonna That's say too about. Hmm. Oh, I was gonna transition this into not straight basketball talk, but. I mean, right. one thing I was listening to like Bill Simmons podcast or something, and he was talking about this idea of like player movement and how, yeah. I mean, he's said it before how uh, people are now are fans of players and not teams as much. And like this whole like AD trying to get traded and I'm just jumping right into basketball. Like oh, that's fine. Everybody like, I feel like the new generation of players is like, I've been here four years. We didn't win a championship, so fuck it. I'm going to just, like... They're in it for them. They're not in it for the franchise. But it's, like, now the only acceptable markets are Boston, L.A., maybe New York, but they have a terrible owner. I don't know. As a Portland fan, I'm getting kind of pissed off that, like, small market teams are increasingly being sort of, like, fucked. Pushed out. Yeah, like, it doesn't... Like, the Pelicans had Anthony Davis, you know, one of the the second best player in his draft, but one of the best players in the league. And, oh, God. <clears throat> <Yes>. <laughs> and, uh, like, by all accounts, the second best player. In again, that draft, we, t- we talked about this before. Like, I don't know why the we Pelicans did. aren't better. They have a decent coach. They, it's not like they have nobody around him. They've had, they always have health issues, including right. Anthony Davis. Fuck you, Anthony Davis. But like, they should be better than out of the playoffs. So I don't like, I know that's that's a football town and that's part of the problem too, but I don't understand like him demanding. I mean, I get the fact that he wants to win a championship, whatever. Why not? Why not play with this? Give them another shot? Or, I mean, again, it's hard to defend the Pelicans because I don't think they've done a great job. But yeah. I just hate the fact that like it's starting to feel like the only teams that are ever going to win are 
the big market teams like and so ma- magically the Spurs. Yeah, somehow Sometimes. they're definitely small market. Yeah, so although I think that run is kind yeah, of, it feels like I mean, it's they're, mostly they're, over, but they'll definitely be perennial playoff contenders as long as Pop is there. But I, I think that the years of them winning every odd year championship are probably over for now. But so the one exception to that I would think would be would be Cleveland. Now Cleveland only won the one title, but obviously as long as LeBron was there, they were in it every year. So okay. I think because. So the- best player of a generation helps them win a title. So, but I was going to say, so because of that reason, I think it's not necessarily that small market teams don't have a chance. You just need one of these top 10 players, if not two of these top 10 players, to want to land in a small market. And maybe that's what you're saying, is that they just don't want to be there. Yeah, but, well, it feels like increasingly like they don't want to be there. Like, so the small market team right now that's sort of living that dream is the Bucks, right? Because they have Giannis. Yep. Who, yep. I, I guess he's not on his rookie contract. He's probably on his second deal now. Is that true? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. No, I think he's on the he's on the player option fourth. But go ahead. So anyway, sure. but like, if if they don't make it to the conference finals this year, he's probably going to be like, "Fuck this! I'm going to go play in New York with KD or whatever." You know what I mean? Like. And then no, the Bucks aren't attracting any free agents. Like they can potentially attract no. free agents with Giannis there, because like again, transformational player. He sure. winning attracts people to play there. But like right. the Hornets, like Kemba Walker is really good, but they're not attracting shit. Nobody wants to play in Charlotte. Um, right. The Wizards again. Some of these have like terrible ownership. Before John Wall, everyone thought he was a cancer. Like. That presumably was a pretty good team when when sure. Porter was playing well, and they have Bradley Beal. Like, but that doesn't feel like they're attracting any free agents. I don't know. Like, if you're looking at the standings, Oklahoma City is sort of the outlier. Again, they have Russell Westbrook and Paul George stayed there. I'm not really sure why, and Paul George is playing out of his mind. But I, it, I'm worried that it's going to be like just big market teams like players are going to more and more whine until they get to the the just the market they want there's going to be like four teams that are ever any good now i'm looking at the standings and they're not exactly bearing out this point for me because right now the top four in the east are milwaukee the raptors the pacers and then boston so like so three small market Toronto's teams a huge city like, but it's not like it's, it's a small a market team for the nba city the right. pacers again a lot of history but and the Bucks very like, much a small yeah. market, yeah. And then in the West, you have Golden State. Obviously, that's a big market team, but the Nuggets not exactly a big market team. No. And Oklahoma City, and then Portland, so <laughs> not exactly bearing so, up. I think great but, point. <laughs> all of them, but, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like Davis is trying to get traded to the Lakers. He wasn't yeah. trying to get traded to the Nuggets or or to Portland, yeah, no, or even to Oklahoma City, like. If he went to one of those teams, like he could have a legit shot of winning the championship, but he's like, I want to play with LeBron in LA right. for whatever reason. Well, that's so. the thing. It's it's it's. I mean, it's it's the points you're making as well. Although they were, I love how they were immediately shot down by the standings. Nullified but by myself. yes, yeah. <laughs> like instantly nullified. <laughs> it's those points. But I think the biggest, the largest point here, and the overarching point is that it's just a matter of players want to play. For themselves. Again, they don't care about, you know, you're going to scoff at this, I'm sure, but 
a guy like Kobe was the last of his generation. He wanted to start as a Laker, play 20 years as a Laker, and end as a Laker. He had a couple opportunities to play for Chicago, play for some other teams in his career, but no one cares about that anymore. Are you, are you actually trying to say that Kobe cared more about the team than himself? Because there's no, no fucking way is that true. Yes, I am saying that. Because the, he cared about the, one of he the cared more about selfish the, players of his generation. He cared about the team in as much as he wanted to win rings. Think about it. Think think about this. Just stop and think about this. I know you hate Kobe because you're a I fucking do. moron. But stop and think about this for a second. I'm listening. After especially post Achilles tear, when he knows he just has a couple years left, and it was a gigantic contract, obviously, he could have gone to any team that had the space just to win a ring if he was all about Kobe. But he didn't. He was like he he knew he wasn't going to win, not even make the playoffs those last two seasons. But he stuck around. I mean, I would say that's more about Kobe because he's like, I'm the Lakers. I'm going to put my like bloated ass contract in weak ass game and do the Kobe farewell tour so everyone can shower. Which everyone me. enjoyed, myself included. I saw him in Denver at the Kobe no far- in, farewell no game. No one enjoyed the Kobe farewell. Everyone game. enjoyed it. I'm not a fan of the farewell tour bullshit anyway. Like Dwayne Wade is going on tour, trading jerseys with his favorite player at every city. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah, that's stupid. He does deserve it. But Kobe absolutely deserved all the accolades that he got. Kobe and Dwayne Wade are like on the same level in my mind. So No, no. Count the rings on the fingers. Dwayne's missing, missing a couple there. A pair, to be exact. By the way, before I forget, I was a little off. Wait, how Giannis, many rings does Kobe have? Kobe's got five. Giannis is in the second year of a gigantic contract, uh, $100 million, four-year, $100 million extension that he signed in 2016. So this is um, this is year two. He got he got paid $22 million last year. This year he's making $25 million essentially. So oh, That's a bargain, good, though. Good that's not even like a super max. I know. That's what I'm like saying. He got in right before whatever, that. But... Oh, his I mean... next one's going to be a killer. But I mean, like your John Wall, who tore his Achilles in the shower, i.e., yeah, was fucking around doing something stupid. It's probably um, fucking around is what he was doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to make like forty million in the last year of his contract. I know everyone's talking about what a like disaster that contract is. It's obviously the worst, but it's unbelievable. It's... And the Anthony Davis one is going to be that's going to set all sorts of records. That's going to be disgustingly large, but anyway, that that's coming up in the future here. So, so here's my question. After all this conversation, by the way, you're listening to sibling dribblings on the bro pod with Scott and Todd. <laughs> the question is, we just kind of morphed into it. I know Todd said no, this is not starting sibling drip, but here we are. Wait, wait, is what? Wait, how many rings does Kobe have? You said two fewer than. Okay, never mind. Sorry, yeah, I was just five versus three. The, the I know my count. fucking NBA ring championship count? history, hey. ring count history, especially. I he, couldn't remember Dwayne if he Wade, won two with the Heat or just Dwayne or the, Wade the second won, round of Heat. Dwayne Wade got one with Shaq. Yeah. And then and once he convinced Bron. all his friends to come come through, even though LeBron said three, four, five, because he can't fucking count, apparently, although he can count <laughs> checks. Um, they only got two. So fuck them. Fuck him. Fuck everybody in Miami. Fuck that whole fucking stupid fucking team. Except Chris Bosh. You know what? I like Chris Bosh. Yeah. I respect a, him as a player. Chris Bosh is good. There's a good. He slummed it in Toronto for a with, long time. With uh, he had Chris to end Bosch his career album. early. He had to end his career early because of a a uh, you know a medical situation. Problem. So I feel bad for the kid. I think he just got he got 
looped into a bad deal there. He got suckered into it with. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he enjoyed. Like, of course, he enjoyed winning two rings. Of course, of course, he did. But I still feel bad for him. I, I respect him more as a player than either one of those punks. Anyway, so the question is, what do we what what do we have to do to change it? What move has to be made in order to give those small market teams a chance? I don't know. They got to It's got to be like another CBA thing. I uh, mean, no, I one hundred percent. It's got to be. Like, I don't know what, is, what I don't know what what's the, the solution Bible? is. Okay. I mean, so basically, the problem is. I mean, they they tried. They've got it to the point where the players are empowered. They're, I mean, right. in this thing where Simmons is talking about it, he's talking to Bosch. I listened to part of that podcast today, and he's like, "Is there like a basically like a a fifteen percent anti like a like a discount if you opt out of your contract early?" Because his whole point was like, Anthony Davis is not like saying I want to be traded he has two years left on his contract you know what I mean so like yeah he people can his point was and I agree with this like they can sign the huge contract and if it doesn't work out just be like trade me I won't play here like that sort of like bait like whiny babyism fucking drives me insane like there should be there there has to be a penalty to the player to keep them from doing that like if you don't think you want to be there, then sign a shorter term deal. No one's forcing you to take the super or the max or the super max, whatever. So I, I mean, well, that makes sense to me. The players aren't going to like that, but like, like so what? if you sign a contract, you got to fucking live up to it. And yeah, this, it's... so the other debate sort of going on now with AD is like, the league is saying they have to play him, and they they have started playing him. But like, if I were the the Pelicans, I'd be like, fuck you. Or like they, they, I was listening to another basketball podcast and they're like, they should just have him go out there, do the tip, play for like a minute and then take him out of the game. We're playing playing him. (laughs) Fuck you. Yeah. Like what's, they could do it. It doesn't benefit them. They don't want to win games because they're obviously losing him. Yeah. He says he doesn't want to be there. So it doesn't benefit them to play it. A, they don't want him to get hurt because then his trade, his value is nothing. I mean, he doesn't want to get hurt either, but of course they don't want him to get hurt. And it, they're not like auditioning him for anyone. People already want him, so that they don't need to do right. that. They don't need. It's not like a career year stats that they need. People already. Yeah, he's, you know, he's not trying to prove him. his value. Yeah. There's no team that's turning down an Anthony Davis trade. Right. Um. So it's just, it like that thing where you're basically like holding your franchise hostage because you said you don't want to. To do it, I, I mean. So are you are you implying then that the the injured index finger was bullshit? Yeah, because that's that's the injury that kept him out for like yeah, a week, ten bullshit. days or something. I mean, all those okay. like things are like fake injuries. Oh, he's like got a he's got the flu or you know. I mean, not that right. not that people don't get those things and have missed games for those reasons, but right. like yeah, around but the trade surgery deadline, to back it up, usually, we get it. Yeah. Well, I know like. Uh, Nurkic had like a knee soreness one game right before the trade deadline. I was like, "Oh shit, are we trading Nurk?" <laughs> I hadn't heard about that prior yeah. to prior to that, and as but he actually, I guess, had had knee soreness, and that was that was in that thing where they were having three or four games, three or four days off between games, and they're like, "We're just they were playing some crap team or something," and they're like, "We're just gonna sit him because yeah, so give him a full had, week." Yeah, he had had a flare up and or whatever, and they wanted to rest him a little more. Um, right. There was something else I was going to say. So yeah, I 
I think um, sort of make, giving the player some disincentive to to just swap teams because they feel like it, or like maybe maybe the league does empower team. Like the other way would be to say, all right, if you demand a trade, then the team can just hold on to you and not play you. So like no player is going to sit right. for two years. And I know, like, it doesn't behoove the Pelicans to, like, sit him for the next full year and then just let him walk. They're not going to do that because they want to get something back for him. But Sure. I don't know. It's just, it's, I, I hate the idea that, like, players are being kind of whiny babies about it. And they're like, so, I don't like this. You're not doing as much as I want you to do. Yeah, like, along those same lines, it's the the ability to play in the NBA, it's not a right. Yeah, like, it's, it's a, a privilege. privilege. Right? I mean, so, case in point, sorry, just to interrupt you one more time. Yeah, Lonzo yeah. Ball, like, potentially was going to be traded to the Pelicans, and Lonzo's camp said he'd prefer to be, go to some place without an established point guard, the point guard being Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. And yeah. he, or even Alfred Payton, and would prefer to go to Phoenix. It's like, dude, you're on a fucking rookie contract. Suck it up. Right. You're, no one gives a shit what you want to do. And That's I don't want to take the, I don't want to take camp. the side of the the owners because most of them are assholes too. But like, just as a team fan, I I don't like the idea of the the players having so much power that they can just sort of like manipulate the league in that way. Right. So again, kind of continuing my point, then <clears throat> you know, in college, they have a situation specifically in college football, a situation where in most cases, if you transfer schools, you have to sit out a year. I'm not yeah. saying they do that to players in the NBA, but it's a similar situation. The NCAA does that to the players in college. Why can't the NBA, as a professional league, in some way penalize someone? Yeah. Say, look, if you want to leave, that's fine. Say you want to leave, do something like that, but you have to sit out a year or sit out six months. So that not only makes you less attractive because the new team can't play you, but it fucks you over. And or, would probably prevent a lot of guys from doing something like that. They would never do this, but they, they could just say, if you demand a trade, then you have to sit out the playoffs the next year for your new team. Sure. So and it's, again, it's, that would make you only wildly unattractive. Games, but like, you could help the team during the season, but then you can't you can't play in the playoffs. You're... But then you're fucking them over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You're fucking over yeah. your new team just like you fucked over your old team. Right. It makes you a villain. But again, that would probably have an impact and more than likely prevent a lot of people who are considering doing that. Because nowadays, I, I mean, you, you touched on it earlier, but it's very true. And David Stern is partially to blame, but Adam Silver is even more so to blame. It is a player's league. I mean, the owners have a lot of money, but they don't really have as much power. The players have all the power. They can say whatever the fuck they want. They can tweet whatever they want. Yeah, they can yeah. talk to essentially whomever they want, except which for is, the Ben Simmons, which is Magic good. Johnson situation. But, <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was, <laughs> that was, that was weird. weird. But um, I mean, but obviously, I mean, it, like all the tampering that goes on, that tampering rule is a joke. It, it's a total joke. Like you're telling me the Lakers weren't talking to Anthony Davis. Of Give course, are they tapping <laughs> cell phones? No, <laughs> this isn't the FBI. It's it's the fucking the the CBA of the NBA who doesn't care, like they don't care about they 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 show they try to show that they care but they don't really care. They want all this stuff to go on because it gets headlines. Yeah, I mean honestly, like I was listening to something else and they were saying like 
nowadays you can follow just sort of like the off season or not the off season the off court sort of drama is drawing as much if not more attention than the actual basketball games like it's year you round can, now you can yeah, watch it used to the, not be. the league is year round you can watch highlights you don't have i mean i still watch full basketball games but you don't have to watch the games you can get right a gist of how people are playing and then like you just keep up with the drama you could still be an nba fan and not really watch basketball which is weird it's well and again fucking to, development <laughs> it really is but again the 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 biggest evidence of kind of the popularity of non on court activities is the fact that I don't remember the exact date that Anthony Davis made the announcement, but I'm pretty certain it was in between the NFC and AFC championship games and the Super Bowl. And so yeah. sports <laughs> shows were now leading with Anthony Davis trade rumors as opposed to Super Bowl hype. It's like, yeah, what are the Patriots starting? Who gives a shit? What happened to Anthony yeah. Davis? <laughs> Who cares? What did Anthony, and, it, and that's the crazy part is, you know, I, I kind of to my own detriment, I, when I'm eating my breakfast in the morning, I watch the, the get up show on ESPN. So, which that show is just repetition, and all those shows are repetition. But shout out I to mean, Jalen. Exactly, shout out to Jalen, my man. Um, but oh my Jaylen god, Rose they, is welcome on the podcast anytime. We will yeah. figure out a better setup if you want. If you want to hit join us, us up, Jalen, we definitely will. Absolutely, Todd will <laughs> we, invest in something. Will, I don't know what it I, is. Yeah, considering our our listenership will go up at least twofold. We will invest in some I, quality stuff. Motherfucker, if we got Jalen Rose on this bitch, it better go up more than twofold. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's got I'm a million Twitter followers. joking about our current number of okay. listeners. Good. It would go yes. from three digits to five digits overnight. That would be a huge... We're talking 20-fold. Anyway, um, but yeah, it was just... It was over and over talking about the Anthony Davis situation. But what I was, what I was going to say is, but there's it's funny because basically since the time he said that until today... And certainly through the trade deadline, nothing happened. Like literally, nothing happened. It was all yeah, speculation. Yeah. That's I the, mean, de- deals were proposed, that's the but at the end of the day, where nothing like, actually happened. There's all that hype, and then it's just yeah, jack shit. Exactly. At the end of the day, literally nothing came of it. So like I probably listened to at least six to eight podcasts discussing the AD options. What's what's the new thing that's his agent right. said or like the right like exactly Lonzo Ball's camp doesn't want him to be a point guard <laughs> and right they want him to go to like all that surrounding all the other players all that stuff and that, so now LeBron's playing with a group of malcontents who think that he's shanked them all to try to get AD on the team which he did and uh, oh he totally did and I'm glad it didn't work because as I think I told you uh, it's that that would have decimated the team. I've, I've certainly talked to other people on this. It would have absolutely decimated the team. You didn't want to leverage your team's entire future for no uh, for a unibrow, no often oft injured Anthony Davis and LeBron. No, I mean I think everybody not. thinks thinks that would be the preferable option. Most people, I don't. I don't. I mean, I was like. You know, if they did get him, if you literally have LeBron and Anthony Davis and like Michael Beasley, like I don't like it was and Josh Hart, that's like your whole fucking team. And right. uh, by the way, you traded Beasley, but good. <laughs> who were they? They were going to trade Beasley. They were no, keeping... I'm saying we did trade Beasley. We got rid of oh. Beasley. But prior to that, when they were basically yeah, prior like, to that. 
they they're like you can have Lance yeah. Stevenson, you can have Zubach, you can have uh, right. right everybody. I never yeah, heard Hart's name come in, come up, but he would not have been a sticking point. They certainly would have thrown him into any deal. No, he Plus he when, seven when picks they... and. <laughs> Right. Plus, yeah, picks it through twenty thirty. When they initially <laughs> made the offer, Hart was not in it, but they they threw him in as a caveat to sweeten the pot. Yeah, yeah. On the second go around with the Pelicans, that was that, and that was when the Pelicans were like, they basically ghosted the Lakers and were like, we, we don't need to talk about this. We're not going to talk about this. And that's what, and as a result of that, the Lakers kind of pulled out and said, forget about it. Never mind. We're not going to offer all of this and have you still go. Nah, it's not enough. But I guess my question was, if if you did have LeBron eighty. And like buyout players, so you got right. probably Carmelo. Sure, maybe one of one of the Morris twins. I think is available for buyout. Keith, yeah. maybe, because Marcus is on Celtics, right? I can't remember. Yeah, Mark Keith Morris. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering, like, do you think they could make it to the Western Conference Finals with that team? I feel like they, they could. Need... Maybe that's that's they... as far as they would go. I feel like but they the problem need is, one more solid player because it's basically two amazing players and a whole bunch of crappy players. Right, and the whole and the bench. You know what I mean? The, the bench would be two way contract guys from the G League, and that's yeah. a problem. <laughs> like it's a forty eight minute game; it's not a thirty six minute game. So, but but here's the thing, and you know this is that if that were to have gone down, yeah, this year, again, maybe the playoffs, but probably out in the first round. But then this summer. You'd have all yeah, these guys, all these all vets, the, the ring who would just, chasers. yeah, yeah, totally. like flies to a light. So that's that's what they were obviously hoping to do. It's more than a one season play, clearly. Yeah, no, I was just curious, like if that team this year, existed, no would, idea, would they be able to actually do anything? I, I think I it'd be nice. It, it would be able to field a team. It obviously depends on what other like scraps they get on the team. Yeah, <laughs> Rondo's gone. Like I think they had thrown like whatever you want in there. Pretty much. Yeah, take your pick. Here's the buffet. You select what you want. Here's um, our whole team. You can't have LeBron, but everybody else is fair game. That's pretty much how it went down. Um, Plus we'll give you so anyways, all the picks. So that was, that was the big trade that didn't happen. Didn't happen, yes. Arguably, the biggest trade that did happen actually came out of the New York Knicks, if you can believe that, um, when <laughs> where they traded uh, Porzingis and like three other dudes i don't know the other players were kind of Tim wrong. Hardaway Jr um, and who was the other guy i can't remember who it was but um so what were your thoughts on that first of all i was shocked that the Knicks actually made a move i can't remember i feel like i was in second grade the last time the Knicks actually did something in the trade deadline that so i mean this falls into team, this whole thing i've been rambling about basically Porzingis was whining that he didn't like what the team was doing right and uh they traded him or he said, I want out. Again, he had, like, I think a couple years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't know if he, like, I don't, I feel like Anthony Davis has become a bigger villain, but it's, it's interesting because Porzingis is injured-ish, although he said he wanted yeah. to play. I don't know, the Knicks are such a fucking weird team. I mean, I think it's, it's a pretty awesome move for the Mavericks because they basically gave up nothing for Porzingis. I mean... Shout out to Wes Matthews, my boy, but... Right. Um, That's right, he was part of it. Because Wes Matthews, what was the bigger piece of that trade to the to the Knicks? Oh, Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, they got a young asset. Oh, so. yeah. That is a good... But that Dennis, is, that, he's Dennis a hell of a Smith player. Dennis Smith was already, like, 
on the outs with Carlisle because he hates young guys except for uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Luca. Oh, Luca Doncic. Doncic. Yeah. I couldn't think of Doncic for some. By the way, DeAndre Jordan was the other piece in that oh, trade. DeAndre. That was... So not yeah, irrelevant. He, that's, yeah, no, that's no, no. He's. Piece. I mean, he's probably on the downslide of his career, but he's still a decent player. He's, he's still controls the paint. Yeah. Um, but so not nothing, but I mean, I think you'd take if you can get Porzingis back to when last year when Porzingis was amazing before he fucked up his knee. Right. You definitely take that over those three guys. So it, it, this trade was intriguing because of the fact that he's basically not going to play this year because it was multiple players that, again, with the exception maybe of, of DeAndre Jordan and Dennis Smith Jr., no offense to Wesley Matthews, none of these guys are like A-listers, and, and neither one of those guys are A-listers either, but they're at least B-listers. Yeah. But I'd say probably DeAndre Jordan's the most valuable piece right now. Yeah, yeah. Dennis for, Smith has for sure. the highest upside because he's the youngest and yes, least experienced. 100%. 100%. Um, but, you know, along with Porzingis, you had Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, um, you know, some young guys there that you can, you can build around. It, 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 potential starters, definitely solid bench players. But I think a lot of those guys are, like, expiring, too. So Dallas they can could just kind of, like, could be. drop them but, afterwards. But again, but so he's not going to play... Porzingis is most likely not going to play the rest of the season, and then his contract's up. So it's like you're getting a piece, you're getting a gigantic piece, a potential top ten player in the league, but you don't know what you have, and you're going to drop well, what, whatever it is, 160 million on him for the next five years. Well, I mean, I think they obviously they, I'm sure they do <coughs> physical, so they have some idea of what they have. I mean, they haven't seen him play games, but of course. <clears throat> um, there was a rumor originally that Porzingis wasn't was going to sign the qualifying offer, which basically like gives him another year before to like try to earn a bigger contract. Right. But I think I think there was some reporting that he has a, he has indicated he would be interested in signing a longer deal for deal with Dallas. I don't know. That's another weird one. I mean, he's that's what I'm saying. It was he's a had very those, weird deal. The weird history of injuries, like. He's freakishly tall and weighs 150 pounds or whatever. So, right. yeah, I'd definitely be a little worried about that. But, I mean, for Dallas, and again, they didn't have to give up a lot to get him. Or not right. nothing, like, crucial to their future of their team, yeah. I guess. Right, right, right. right. I, they I didn't have to that, give but... up, like, Harrison Barnes or anything. Right. Who's not like crucial? crucial not team. crucial, but he's a solid no. player. Like they, he's a solid young player. I mean, Wesley Matthews, pre Achilles, I would put as like a solid player, but now obviously he's right slower and not as good. Yeah, he's no longer a young guy. I mean, he's got to be thirty. His D's dropped off quite a bit and doesn't have as right. many threes as he used to. But whatever. Um, and then it's also it's also an interesting move. I mean, I don't know if the, if Dirk had any influence on this, but for any international star to leave a market like New York. I know it's less relevant now because of the internet and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But to go to Dallas, it's like, I mean, but Yao Dallas, Ming kind of broke the mold there team, when he played I in Houston. I mean, I, Dallas is a big city, but it's not New York, LA, Boston. True. Miami, you know, any think, city like that. I think that, so. that, that, that uh, business dealing thing has kind of gone away for the most part, though. 
Probably. Like Again, because can, of what you were saying getting, earlier. You can get endorsements anywhere. Pretty much anywhere, yeah. You don't, like... That's why I'm like... When I hear that, like, oh, nobody wants to go to Toronto or nobody wants to play in Portland, I'm like, why? Like, first of all, fucking Nike is in Portland, so if you're I was about to say, if you want to shoot deal. And Adidas, yeah. if you, like, you're set. And Under Armour. Like, all three of them have offices in Portland, so... Right. Throw that noise away. That's bullshit. Like, right. I, I mean... You can't get an HEB commercial if you're not in San Antonio, but does anyone give a shit? Like, I don't know what other business dealings they're doing. I, yeah, I know I KP, or, uh, not KP, uh, KD has, KD. Uh, has a lot of, like, tech business stuff being in San Francisco, but again, I feel like if you get the right people around you, you can do that anywhere. You can do that from anywhere, yeah. You can yeah, do this. Like, especially with a tech company. Like, they, they don't need you to be in the space to do it. Like, right. That's their yeah. whole business model. It's like you can work from home. They'd prefer you not be there, as a matter of fact. So, yeah. No, that's a good point. So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It does seem to be, like, obviously LeBron moved to L.A. because he wanted to have a post-career right. career or something. Right. Is, I guess yeah, production, TV production, movie production, all that stuff. If if it's that kind of thing, it makes sense. But like, twenty six year old players, I don't think are thinking deep into their television production stuff. Right. So who? The fuck well, knows? And I don't know. These guys. Chris Ops is twenty three, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And he's, he's Russian, he so care. he probably doesn't. Is maybe not the most compelling TV presence. But if right. he's just producing, whatever. I yeah, I don't. I mean, these guys are also, like, yeah, 23. Like, you don't know shit when you're 23. Sorry, 23-year-old listener, but you don't know shit when you're 23. You you assume we have one? <laughs> yeah. One listener? <laughs> one, one listener at under, least, the, under the at age... At least one. Under the age of 30. <laughs> All right. I don't know who that would be, but hello and welcome to the show. Thank Some you Some of my talking. coworkers are in their early to mid-20s. Maybe they will listen to this episode. Sorry, guys. You don't know shit when you're under, when you're 23 well, you can, or 24. You can advertise it to them and say, we actually kind of give a shout out to you. <laughs> it's really late in the episode, so it's going to be a painful hour you have to go through before you get to you're that gonna, point. You're going to hear a whole lot of basketball talk and have no idea what we're talking about, but it'll but be worth 65 your minutes in, you'll get your shout out indirectly, and we're kind of I mean, mocking you. That could you be the, the episode time, title, so. too. You don't know shit when you're 23. You don't know shit when you're 23? That yeah. is true. I've been seeking that uh, that quote, but all right. So um, over the hour mark here, we had one topic left, and you brought it to to the fore. So without revealing anything, in case you know about who may or may not have won the actual dog show that's going on, because that's where this agility oh, I, came from. I don't know any, anything about who won. It's associated with Westminster, which finished tonight, but it's on my DVR. I haven't watched yet. So without revealing anything. So in two months, you'll have watched that. No, I'm getting better about that. The Lakers games, that's still I'm still behind. But the Westminster, I'll try to watch this weekend. But anyway, oh, okay. you posted a video, or we posted a video on the Twitter. Yes. On the Twitter. So what, what was, what was the video? On? At the bro underscore, the underscore bro. The underscore bro underscore pod. That's pod. correct. So check our Twitter feed. There is a uh, an agility contest with a papillon. A papillon. Uh, has become the, the darling of Twitter recently. As he, uh, he, or I guess it's a she. I think it has a girl name. The dog does. Uh, as that she, is correct. She zips around the course. Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was 
cute a slash cool entertaining <laughs> just to watch this. So, so it's it's a by the way put the put the link in the thing so I can put it on the thing. So it's a dog agility video or dog agility competition at Westminster, which is going on right now in New York City. I personally attended about fifteen years ago. Shout out to Jeff Salaney. We had a good time. Um, anyway, Selaney and uh, yeah, he did. And I, th- I think it was I can't remember if Andy was there or not. I don't think she was. Anyway, um, but basically, it's it's going through and doing the you know the, the typical stuff where it jumps over the little hurdles, it runs through the tubes, it goes up on the seesaw, waits for it to land back at the bottom again, and and jumps off. Now, the thing that is funny to me is I was watching this right before we started recording the show, and Todd was just giggling like a schoolgirl at the no, way no. this dog went through, yes, at the way the dog went through the, what do they call them? The slalom course. The slalom course, where they go left, right, left, right, left, right. Implying to me he has never seen this before. No, I have seen All that. small I... dogs look a little goofy doing that. It's, it is pretty entertaining. They, cute, but... This the funny, the funniest thing about this thing is the trainer. She's like huffing and puffing, running around. The dog's running like <laughs> four times the distance that she is. Just like, yeah. so the I stride would, is a fraction I was of the human stride. This was my coworkers today, and they're like, I think, <laughs> I think if she had gone faster, the dog could have had a faster time. Because the, the trainer's basically just like pointing at stuff for the dog to go through, and the dog. Mostly has the dog is waiting, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> waiting for the the leadership. The well, that's not that's like the thing, standing though. Still, but yeah. If you watch these competitions, obviously there's there, you know there's different categories. If you watch them with like like the Australian cattle dogs or the border collies, like no, Usain Bolt couldn't keep up with these dogs at certain points. So, but it's it's funny because a lot of times you'll see the trainers or the you know the owners handlers, <laughs> and they'll be like. 30, 40 pounds overweight, and it's like all you're doing is holding this dog back from reaching its <laughs> maximum potential. Why are you involved? Get someone younger, get someone in better shape, get someone not wearing keds, you know, get somebody in like some Nike Zoom flies or something to get out there and help this dog get around this course faster. Because you're right, the dog will finish an obstacle and then immediately look to the owner, as it should, and the owner's like 10 feet behind. It's like, come on, you're messing up my time. I like that the the jump barriers are like six inches off the ground because the dog's head is probably like eight inches off the ground. Well, yeah. I mean, they have to make it reasonable. It doesn't leap super high. It just sort of like... I mean, That's what I'm saying, dog, though. The dog's got some serious ups, but... If you watch the, you know, again, the, the mid-level size dogs, the Border Collies, any of the cattle dogs, the jumps are more impressive and, and the speed is even faster. Um, the slalom course looks a little more natural because it's not like jumping with its front paws side <laughs> to side. It's that, the whole it actually is kind of weaving it. through. Yeah, it's doing a full body move. But So uh, the other thing that happens in this video is when they finish, the owner sort of like uh, playfully shoves the dog, if you will, and people are like, what the fuck is that lady doing? I don't know if you saw that part, but she like she's giving, afterwards she's giving a high fives. When they first stop, stop she's sort of like, pushes the dog and the dog weighs like I don't know five pounds <laughs> and just sort of flies right. off screen it's pretty hilarious no I, I actually did not see that part I didn't watch the very end so um, but everybody check that out that's on our Twitter again the underscore bro underscore pod I'm also going to put the link in the description below to this week's episode so check it out uh, what else what else is going on the dog's name is Gabby by the way I, I knew it was something with a G and I knew it was a female name so yes Gabby it is Big shout out to Gabby. Next week we will talk about the results of good the, run, Gabby. Who, what, this year's what's Westminster. your what's your favorite dog to win this year? Have you 
survey the field? I haven't. I haven't looked at this year's program. Um, any, generally, I'm any I'm, gut I'm, feelings. I know you like the toy group. I'm a huge fan of the toys. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did watch the National Dog Show back on Thanksgiving. That one is hosted by John O'Hurley of Seinfeld fame. Um, and you know, there were definitely a couple dogs that stood out there, but. You just never know. There's always a newcomer that's going to surprise. You know, you have the people that are the uh, kind of the bell cows, if you will. They're always going to be there. But, um, you know, I could always say German Shepherd's going to win. Golden Retriever's going to win. You know, some of those those breeds that everybody knows and everybody cheers for, regardless of whether they actually know the dog or not. But um, a lot of times it's a surprise. So let's look behind the curtain a little bit. What? Okay, we're peeking. What, uh... This is the dog show curtain, not, not our podcast curtain. I understand. What what makes a winner in a dog show? Well, it's 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 about for those of us who are being not as, fans of the dog show. Yeah, world. it's about being as close to the standard for the breed. So, if your breed says you should be sixteen inches tall, you should be exactly sixteen inches tall. If your hair should be a certain way, it should be a certain way. If your paws should be a certain size, if your tongue should be blue as opposed to pink. Um, you know, you name it. If it, it's it's about bone structure, it's about muscle structure. So that's why when you see the judges go up to the dogs, they're looking at their teeth, they're looking in their mouth, they're kind of putting their hands on the dog, as they say all the time, and feeling for these different bone structures and the colors and everything. It's just so it's not that it's the best looking dog or so the dog that has the, the best trot. So what it's the fuck? Does, to the the trainers don't really do anything then, right? I mean, I know well, they have a good temperament, but they. They're they're grooming the dog or have someone that grooms right. them, but they the can't handlers... control the physical. They're not like binding their feet or anything to keep them in. Some no, sort of... no, no, no. The <laughs> handlers are just there to present the dog in the best way possible. It's like it's similar to like you know Vanna White on Wheel of Fortune. Like she's just there to turn the letters. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I was like, are we like, presenting it's... Vanna White as like? <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> No, no. I was no, confused as to where you were going with that one. You know, she's a, she's just a means to an end. She keeps gotcha. the, she keeps the program going. But nowadays, but yeah, the just, handlers she are, just touches the screen, even though she it touches. Actually, I know she touches the, the letters anymore. It's really terrible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's more about uh, the handlers are just more about Vanna, giving the Vanna best White presentation. White is also welcome on our podcast at any time. She and a huge fan, South Carolina native Vanna yeah. White from Conway, South Carolina, near Myrtle Beach. Conway, shout out! Uh, yeah, come come chat with us, Vanna. We can talk about South Carolina upbringings and and forty years on the same game show. Letter swapping. How much of an much asshole Pat Sajak is? Pat Sajak also welcome on the podcast anytime. Love Pat Sajak. Talk about giving away so many cash. And you prizes. guys can talk about talk shit about each other in separate episodes. If we could story. get them both on, that would be amazing. <laughs> Are we just having these conversations so that I can do hashtag Pat Sajak, hashtag Vanna White, and hopefully they'll notice? Of course. Be like, ah, I might give this a listen, and then they'd actually somehow contact us via Twitter, perhaps. <laughs> that would be amazing. We will definitely hit you up. You can slide into our DMs, for sure. That sounds sexual, but I'm sure that's safe. So, yes, please slide into my DMs, Vanna White. <laughs> Hang on, that's now the episode title. I'm sorry. That's better. <laughs> That took over. You don't know shit when you're 23. Please let into my DMs van away. Okay. Anyway. All right. So that's... Uh, I got to type this in now. <laughs> Please slide into my DMs van away. Okay. So that is... Uh, that's 75 minutes. We'll call it a pod there. Again, I'm uploading a, a pod tonight, which 
it doesn't matter that I'm saying that right now because this isn't live, but um, it'll be an archived episode, and then obviously we'll get back on the normal Monday schedule. Had some technical difficulties that we talked about earlier, which is why it's a day late, but I don't think anybody really pays attention. It's not a dollar short, though, folks. Not a dollar short, no. an extra Probably dollar, dollar this one. Yeah, it's a dollar fifty over the top is really what it is. <laughs> it's a big win for everybody. No losers here. When you're win, talking about win, the win, win. Win, 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 win. All so, I do is win, win, win. <clears throat> that too. Um, so again, thanks to uh, everybody for listening. As always, again, hit us up on Facebook. Uh, check us out. Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. You name it, we're out there. Search for us. Bro Pod with Scott and Todd. The underscore bro underscore pod on Twitter, on the Instagrams. Uh, Network at gmail.com for any questions, comments, criticisms, or requests. Hit us up, make it happen. And until next week, everybody. Peace. See ya.